Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do. Like me, taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey there. Gary Parrish, welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting dodo birds and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like your Brandon Davies. You have consent. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel. Also do that while you're here. Let's get into it. Today is August 5th, 2023, otherwise known as uh, the day after the Pac-12, for all intents and purposes, died. RIP Conference of Champions because the Big Ten and the Big 12 have jointly killed it. The Big Ten has taken Oregon and Washington after previously taking UCLA and USC. The Big 12 has taken Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State. All that's left is Stanford, Cal, Washington State, and Oregon State. Dead leg, before we uh, take this wherever we're going to take it, yeah. just your thoughts on what has been a historic few weeks in college athletics that culminated with the death of one of the greatest, or at least previously greatest, yeah. and certainly oldest conferences in this country. Yeah, more than 100 years old. Um, conference of Champions is the conference of cancellation uh, because even if for some reason the Pac-12, which is now the Pac-4, can maintain its existence uh by recruiting other programs like it's not gonna it's not a power conference it's dead like what we know it to be is, is gone and this is a conference that has yes extremely rich history it's supremely depressing that we've reached this stage and yeah we've got a lot to get to and yeah i gotta be honest like i you know a saturday in the dead of the college hoops offseason but this is this is such significant news and friday was so chaotic we couldn't get it to you earlier we know uh, a good portion of our audience wanted us to uh, to address this and to be honest i'm i'm about to do a quick uh, you know, it's a three, four day jaunt away to go to the beach with my family. So I'm not going to be around for the next few days and uh, wanted to get this to you. So yeah, my, my thoughts are that this doesn't feel like it had to be inevitable to me. Like I understand that's a, a reasonable take by a lot of people. Um, and the PAC 12 and its leadership uh, is as responsible as anyone else in this, but had the adults in charge had more foresight. It's kind of the story of so many NCAA things over the past forever. Um, we, we could have avoided this, you know, had the NCAA and had conferences and had conference leaders been more willing to 
um, be open to the massive changes that were needed at the at the amateur sports level um, years and years and years ago. If we had systems in place um, where players were paid, we weren't waiting until we hit the middle of a pandemic. I think those are one of many factors there. Now, the Pac-12, obviously, for geographic reasons, um, was is that had its advantages and disadvantages, and a lot of this does fall on the previous commissioner, Larry Scott, and the way that he weighed down this conference with an awful TV deal. Uh, we rightfully and understandably, uh, but not necessarily gleefully, although maybe with GPA this gleefully, poke fun at the Pac-12's television deal because he can't watch in his home, but his neighbor might be able to watch it on his damn refrigerator. Like it, it's it's outrageous what that Pac-12 deal was. And his successor, George Klievkov, has been a disaster because for the better part of a year, he has been... Uh, just dragging his feet on getting the kind of television grand rights deal that could have maybe theoretically kept those schools together, even after you losing UC, USC and UCLA, which, you know, that signals really the end here and allowed all this to happen. But yeah, it is, it is, a, it is a supreme bummer, man. Like the fact that we are losing a major conference, like the idea that there's a power five, that's done. There is no power five. The big 12, if anything has closed the gap. So it's not just um, a big two or a power two, if you will, but, yeah, there's a there's a lot of collateral damage to come, and I got plenty more thoughts, but I don't want to ramble too heavy off the top. What are your uh, first takeaways? Well, I would I would first um, I would argue that it is still a power two. Uh, it is the SEC and the Big Ten far and away uh, uh, ahead of everybody else, but that there is um, the next two for now at least, and that appears to be the Big Twelve and the ACC, and then everything else is pretty much resigned to uh, second class uh, citizen status in the world of of college athletics. Um, I don't want to say it's hard to feel sorry for the Pac-12 because it's easy to feel sorry for the Pac-12. Like, the, it, it, you know, we talk about this in 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 ways that take often take the human element out of it. A lot of people lost their jobs yesterday. A lot of people, and and beyond yeah. that, GP, you've also got. We'll get into this, but on this note, because I wanted to make sure we didn't you know scan over this. You know, there have been uh, softball players across the country who have vocalized. Um, their discontent through uh, through Twitter or X, whatever the hell this thing is now, um, talking about how they specifically chose to play in this conference because they wanted to play near friends and family. And now, you know, before they're done college, provided they don't transfer, you know, they're not exactly thrilled over the idea that they're going to have to travel eastward, you know, four, five, six, seven times a season. So beyond the people that lose their jobs, yeah, the, the downstream effects are major. Yeah, and uh, you know, the. the- you know, there are people who work in these offices um, who have worked for that conference for years and years and year, decades. And um, I'm sure they, they don't, a, a lot of them, most of them have no idea what they're going to do next. And that's scary. So this stinks. And it, it stinks for a million different reasons among them, what you just laid out. It, it's very, this isn't a big football or men's basketball problem because um, you know, Arizona state's football program is going to get on a private plane and fly to West Virginia someday. Um, you know, Oregon's football program is going to get on a plane and it's going to be a private plane and they're going to fly to uh, Rutgers someday. But the Arizona State volleyball team and the Oregon uh, soccer team, they're probably not going to be dealing with private planes. That's going to be a, a connection in Salt Lake City and then – you know, the, it, 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 maybe another connection somewhere else. Like, there's going to be a lot of travel time for them. The, you know, we talk about this from the men's basketball perspective because this is a basketball 
podcast. And, you know, it'll be two extra hours sometimes on a private plane, on a charter plane. I mean, that, yeah, it's, that's it's, not still, the big... it's, still, eh, it's still more than that. But but your point here is well taken. The, yeah. the lesser sports have it even worse. And there's no way you can make any argument. There's no def- defense of the fact that this is going to worsen the situation for student athletes in non-revenue sports. It's it's inevitable. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And I, I just, you know, I, I, I should not glance at the comments because it often gets me sidetracked. But sidetracked, like, there's did. comments in there, like it's not hard to feel sorry for. I mean, it's it's um it's very hard to feel sorry for the Pac-12. They did this to themselves. Yes, the league did this to themselves. Obviously, we'll talk through that in a second. But the the, the people involved that are that are going to have to face these consequences, a lot of them had nothing to do with this. Oregon State fans did not do this to themselves. Washington State fans did not do this to themselves. Um, the, the people in the conference office who are now going to have to relocate their families did not do this to themselves. So the, the Pac-12 is a – the situation it finds itself in now is a byproduct of a lot of bad decisions by people who ran that league and also just you know the, the byproduct of the, the shift in college athletics – but a lot of people are paying a price today and will pay a price going forward that had nothing to do with the downfall of the league. And those are the people I think it's very easy to feel uh, some empathy for. Um, as for how the Pac-12 found itself in this situation, you can. one of the things we're going to learn about uh, conference realignment after it's all done and we look back at it is you needed to be aggressive and they were not aggressive. There was a time where the Big 12 was, you know, to use a boxing analogy, on the ropes. Mm-hmm. And there was thought that the Pac-12 could have taken Texas and Oklahoma and the Big 12 was about to die. Yeah. And they chose not to. Had they been willing to take Texas and Oklahoma when the when Texas and Oklahoma were furious with the uh, state of their conference affiliation and and by all accounts eager to make a move mm-hmm. or at least willing to make a move, then guess what it probably had doesn't happen next. USC and UCLA probably never leave. And then none of this ever happens. That was a problem. The um, uh, inability to get a new media rights deal done before the Big 12, that was a problem. I think the Big 12 getting an aggressive sort of outside-the-box commissioner who said, no, 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 I'm going to go add. I'm not sitting here waiting for somebody to pick me apart. We'll do the picking. I think that played a role. Like if Brett Yarmouk becomes the commissioner of the Pac-12 instead of the commissioner of the Big 12, maybe this whole thing's flipped around a little bit. And so the Pac-12, I, I agree, did this to itself. Um, but and that's you know Larry Scott plays a role in that. Um, uh, George Kimcloth uh, plays a role in that. But a lot of the people, and certainly the fan bases of those schools, you know, the, the, the Washington State, Oregon State, Stanford, Cal, like they're they're a lot of the people who work in the league, and a lot of people who work at these schools and and are fans of these schools, they're going to pay a heavy price for. Uh, the Pac-12's inability to see where the world was going, and yeah, I do, I do, I feel sick for those people. It's, 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 it's one thing when you've never been on the right side of the rope like some of these schools, but suddenly Washington State and Oregon State 
Cal and Stanford at the very least, unless something else changes with those. I mean, they're going to have to change the way they do everything in those athletic departments because the money just will not be there going forward. Um, so, like, you know, and, and that's obviously a tough, you know, when the way you've been living is no longer the way you can live. And I guess this is an American story. This happens to people all the time. I've known people this has happened to. You know, they're making a good living and they're very comfortable in their lives. And then, boom, somebody loses a job and you can't afford your house anymore. You can't afford your cars anymore. You can't afford to send your kids to these schools anymore. Uh, that is essentially what has happened now to these four remaining um, Pac-12 schools. They're not going to be able to afford to do things the way they've previously been doing things because uh, the money they've been getting uh, as members of a power conference, that money will, will not exist very, very soon. Yeah, and, and it's wild to think that we've had two uh, realignment. Uh, you said when, when we look back on all this, first of all, it's never over, and I know you know that. Um, it's never over. Realignment has been a part of college sports for as long as it's existed, but uh, you know, Thursday and Friday, and Friday specifically, signaled uh, arguably the most fracturous and consequential day in the history of college athletics, and if it's not that, it's easily in the top five. Um, but we lost the Pac-12. Remember, the Big East got killed by this as well. Now the Big East, for football terms, you know, the old Big East, it was it was killed, and then uh, from the ashes rose the Catholic Seven, and and we can get to the Big East at some point later on this podcast. But what's wild on your point about Texas and Oklahoma? Remember, it was 12 years ago when the Pac-12 decided not to do that, was operating from a position of strength, and signed a $3 billion contract. Like it's, it's television contract at that point was the best in the entire industry, 12 years, $3 billion contract. But with that came the PAC 12 network and just disaster after disaster with all of that. And and remember it was what two was it last year? Was it two years ago when the Big 12 amendments changed when Bowlesby was on his way out as commissioner and they were bringing in your mark. The Big 12 went to the Pac-12 and said, we should talk about having some sort of potential merger of leagues here. Let's let's do what's best for us to potentially set us up for success. Pac-12 said no. Eventually, we had this alliance, which is an absolute joke. In fact, you know what? Parrish, I got to make an announcement. Hmm. It's time for this podcast to expand. Mm. That's right. <laughs> That's Patterson, Cover Three Podcast. I had to bring in the football side on this. Uh, if you are not familiar with Chip Patterson, where the hell you've been? Because he is a featured guest throughout every March on the Ion College Basketball Podcast. And I'm going to direct our listeners and viewers to the Cover Three Pod, specifically for Chip, not for Tom Fornelli. Tom Fornelli, who crapped all over the Metro Conference, by the way, in the past 24 hours. I know Paris saw that. Fornelli's not getting any invite on this podcast, but I wanted that's to bring Chip on to talk about all this. That's the late, Tom, the late Tom Fornelli. Yeah, it's, it's really sad that he had to go. We had to do a lot of adjustments. But look, I mean, you, you had to invite college football to come in and mess it up because that's what college football does, right? College football and college sports, we just barge in uninvited. We throw things against the wall, knock over your table. Like, yeah, I'm a good time, but man, the house is going to be wrecked by the time I'm done with it. I know, but we did want to get you on here. Plus, it, it forces me and GP to shut up a little bit more, although we'll see how successful we are on that. I'm going to finish my point, and then Chip, I'll throw it over to you. Um, Big 12 went to the Pac-12, said let's, this was, I think, last year, or maybe two years ago, said let's try and merge. They didn't. And then there was the alliance, which was an outright joke. And a joke! The idea that you had Warren Kliakoff and 
um, Jim Phillips all agreeing to a, a handshake agreement. Hey, we're in this together, all for one, one for all. Do you remember no, no we looked le- each other in the eyes. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> I'd, ra- I'd rather have a handshake agreement with Fornelli. Than, uh, <laughs> I mean, the idea that it, in billion-dollar companies where it's eat or be eaten, uh, the idea that two adults would sit there and attach themselves to a handshake agreement. <laughs> that, have you gone back to look at the Zoom call? Because that's been circulating. Because I Dan, almost tweeted it out. It's yeah, phenomenal. Dan Wolken asked a question. He's like, is there a contract? And George Klyovkov says, like, it's just three individuals, three men, three leaders, and our word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, now, and now look at him. Phillips has got his own mess to deal with. Mm-hmm. Not just ACC, Northwestern stuff. I got to hope Warren doesn't ruin the Bears even worse than they already are ruined. Okay. And then you've got Kliakoff, who's who's overlooking a pack four at this point. Just unbelievable look back in retrospect. Um, Chip, floor is yours. I know you talked about this plenty on HQ and the podcast, but I do want your perspective on all things, you know, broad or, or football specific. I'm sure you land where me and GPR on not exactly basking in the joy and the death of the Pac-12, but uh, what's your take on all that's transpired in the past 24 to 48? Well, it's not healthy. Like, it, it, it is not healthy. Um, like, the, the fan experience is not healthy. I do not think it is a healthy thing for fans to be rooting for their university's media rights payout dollars. I mean, in what world have college fans been trying to sit there and talk about grant of rights? Like, this is the dorkiest uh, corner of college fandom where we've got everybody, you know, sliding into your mentions talking about how I'm the expert lawyer and the attorney who can tell you how we're going to claim fraud and break out of this thing. <laughs> like I, I think that it is disappointing that the ACC win totals podcast got hijacked by tons of realignment talk that all of the college football yeah. previewing the depth charts that I should be breaking down the schedules I should be breaking down. It's hijacked by the realignment talk. But what it is more than anything is you're like a, a fast track to the end game because the end game is the true separation of haves and have nots. And everybody has talked about it theoretically. And there's been the, um, you know, what is going to happen? Is it going to be leaving the NCAA? Football kind of exists outside of the NCAA anyway. But what if it is a complete removal a fracturing from not just FBS to FCS, but even a, an FBS plus and, and what would happen there? What would be the privileges or what would be going on at that top level of college football? And that is like quickly what's happening. It, it is consolidation. There is panic throughout the uh, you know administration level where no one wants to be left out. If your boosters, if your donors, if uh, your faculty and, and the university leadership wants to have competing at athletics at the highest level as a big part of your university identity, then you are concerned right now that there is going to be a fracturing and that you're going to be left out. And that's the anxiety that I think has, for example, Arizona State University President Michael Crow was forever trying to keep the Pac-12 together. He was actually a huge supporter of Larry Scott, and he was a huge supporter of trying to be, um, you know, making the Pac-12 be able to continue into this new future, having the Pac-12 a seat at the table. But then, you know, Oregon and Washington end up going off to the Big Ten and getting that invitation, the freaking open box special, you know? Like, how absurd is that, that they're just going hat in hand, like, oh, please, sir, please pick us up any price. The the desperation is bananas. And that's what's going to have Arizona State saying, like, all right, well, fine. If this whole thing's going to fall apart, then, you know, we'll join Arizona because Arizona was Arizona was really getting this going with Colorado, like back in May. 
And then it kind of cooled a little bit. Colorado makes the move. And then with everything that's happened in the last week, you know, Arizona follows suit. So I just, you know, I, I think that we are racing to the end game and uh, that's, that's always a little bit, a little bit frightening. But I think the reason we talk about it a lot is because there's so much uncertainty that our imaginations go crazy. And as creative people, you know, we try to imagine what the future of college athletics is going to look like. Yeah. I, I understand if there are, you know, fans out there who are saying, hey, just talk about like, you know, college football season starts in a month. Like, let's just talk about, you know, Georgia's defensive line. Like, I get that. But this story, these stories are incredibly important because they are quite literally shaping uh, not only the future of college athletics, but the future of, of, of individual universities that people yeah. care about deeply. Um, and when I say when this is all settled, I, I agree with you, Norland, nothing's ever settled. But what I mean by that is when, we have enough data to look back on all of this and like, all right, remember mm-hmm. all that stuff that happened back in August, uh, 2023. Um, how'd it go? I think we're going to look back and there are going to be people. It's going to be very easy for people like you and I to say, ah, this was all a mistake because I do think that I, I understand why people are doing it. I just think it's not good for college athletics. I, I, I think what's going to be interesting is Someday there will be a documentary on the, all of this, and you'll see Greg Sankey get interviewed and other people who are like in this right now, mm-hmm. like gu- guiding where everything is going. And if they're being honest, they will tell you that they, they look back on it with some regret. Someday, the, even the people making these decisions will recognize, yes, they got more money, but it came at a, at a real cost because on the basketball side, no doubt. you, you get this all the time. People are like, what does it mean for basketball? I don't think it's going to matter that much for college basketball. At least, I mean, we're going to watch UCLA play Indiana every year instead of watch UCLA play Arizona every year, possibly something like that. We'll the basketball side of things I think is mostly going to be fine, but I'll listen to any counter argument mm-hmm. where I think um, you're going to have real issues is on the football side because in basketball, if you go to a tougher league uh, with more teams, more league games against quality opponents, let's say you might – if you're a school that loses, say, seven games a year on average in the regular season, now you might lose 10, right? Same caliber team, you might lose 10 instead of seven. In basketball, we're used to people losing, so it's not alarming or uh, a shock to the system. This is where I think you're going to have a problem. If you tell Oklahoma in what used to be the Big 12 – that hey, on average, and I'm just making these numbers up, but I think you'll get the point. On average, you know, over a f- the f- over a five year span, you're going to go ten and two on average. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you're going to have the exact same coach, the exact same roster, the exact same caliber of football team, but instead of ten and two on average over the next five years in football, you're going to go eight and four. You're going to lose tw- tw- twice as many times as you are used to losing, simply because you changed conferences. Your team will still be ranked exactly where it's ranked, but you will walk out of a stadium uh, as a as a, on the losing side of things more often than you uh, would have otherwise been. That's not going to be fun. And you, you can say, yeah, but look at our new practice facility. Isn't it beautiful? Most fans don't go to practice facilities. Uh, most fans don't care about that stuff. They just want to watch their alma mater win, be successful, beat a rival. And this is true for everybody involved now. Life going forward is more difficult for USC and UCLA football than it's ever been. You ready for this? It's also more difficult for Ohio State and Michigan football than it's ever been. 
life going forward is going to be more difficult for Texas and Oklahoma football than it's ever been. Also more difficult for Alabama and LSU football than it's ever been. Schools are going to lose more than they've ever lost, or at least more than they've been losing recently because of all this stuff, the consolidation. And I don't think fans are going to enjoy that over a long period of time. Take the checks, take the losses. There you go. It is. uh, We echo it forever that when you take a step up in competition, you end up getting more money, but you are going to be losing more often. And the how those schools react is, and I know uh, I'm about to lob a grenade in here, but currently mm-hmm. the college football playoff, as it's set up for when it expands to 12 teams in 2024 and 2025, and that's all we have a contract for right now, calls for six conference champions to get automatic bids. They agreed to that when the Pac-12 still existed. That's not going to continue. They, they will not, not go that through not with that. Continue. And I right. think that when we get to the next contract, we might get rid of the automatic bids altogether because what's going to happen is the 8-4 and four Oklahoma – is going to look at an 11-1 and Tulane and be like, no, we're we're better than them. We played a tougher schedule than them. We didn't just go around. Let's see, what what team can I pick on right now, GP style? We didn't just go around beating up on Charlotte, you know, (laughs) and like, (laughs) Biff OG's coming for me right now. Um, But I I think that that is going to be very interesting. Now, here's the grenade. Do you think that in this consolidation, there is – some consideration, maybe way down the line about the creation of a basketball tournament involving only the big dogs. I have always believed that is a place we will get eventually. Just because, and and, and here's why. And, And I know the people who are in power can deny it and they can say we'd never do that. By the way, just about everything that happens in college athletics is something once upon a time somebody said we're never gonna do that. The playoff, the expanded playoff. There were, can we go back 26 hours ago when multiple verified legitimate reporters woke up on Friday morning and said the Big Ten is off of Oregon and Washington? Yeah, that that was negotiated. Let me explain to you what what happened there. And I'm not trying to crap on anybody's reporting because this stuff is hard and, you know, it's it's confusing. And Friday morning was insane. If okay. you tweet every text you get, it gets a little bit like whiplash. Okay. Now, I, I talked about the, as the, you know, my, the Gary Parish show starts at 10 a.m. Central on Friday. All this stuff is swirling around. Like I scrapped everything and I was just, it's one of those deals where you just tell your producer, Hey, I've got this entire monologue. I just deleted it. We're going to talk. And yeah. we just sort of talk through it with all the information and you can go back and check. This stuff is undecided, but the reports are the PAC 12 might stay together. The Big 12, you know, Oregon and Washington might not go to the Big 12. I mean, go to the Big 10. Yeah, keep going. I'm bringing up this Murphy tweet because it is amazing. Yeah, (laughs) and and so this is the point I made yesterday, and then it turns out to be true. All we've heard, I I literally said this. All of us who have been thinking about this and talking about this and, and applying logic and common sense to it, we didn't all get dumb over the past 48 hours. All right. Like no, the, the information has not changed. The reporting is now changing, but the information is still exactly the same. And so you're suddenly getting these, you, you've had these reports for months, like Oregon and Washington would crawl to the big 10. And then suddenly you get reports like they might not go, even though they've been invited. And it was, it was all a negotiation because they wanted to get as much money as they could. Basically, the Big Ten's telling them, we're not going to give you the same amount of money initially that Ohio State, Michigan get, or even that UCLA and USC get, but we will give you this amount. Not even close, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's it's like barely approaching half. 
Yeah, the number is like thirty million, and it goes up by a million each uh, one year. One million each year. You're yes. right. Yeah, one million dollars. Okay, so if I'm Oregon and Washington, you know what I'm doing? I'm trying to negotiate that too. I'm trying to tell the Big Ten, "Yo, man, if you can't do better than that, we'll just stay where we're at. Like we're fine. Like you, that that's what was happening Friday morning. And the point I made is, um, because I always try to, uh, to, to take it and put take a, a, a sports thing and put it in the real world. Like so, it, it, sometimes it helps people understand a little better. And the point I made yesterday, I was talking to my producer, and I said, imagine you're a producer of a podcast, and you are making. I'm just throwing out numbers, just big round numbers. You're making a hundred thousand dollars to produce. Whoa! Good pro- producer. To, pro- you're you're <laughs> very good producer, and you're uh, making a hundred thousand dollars to produce podcasts at this company. There's this other company over here, and they are paying all of their producers $200,000, all right? And they want you, but they can't pay you $200,000, at least not yet. Everybody else making $200,000, but initially, they can only pay you $170,000, all right? They're going to pay you $170,000. You'd be frustrated because you want $200,000. You're doing the same job everybody else is doing, and everybody else makes $200,000. But when your options are take the $170,000 and eventually get to $200,000 or stay at one hundred. dollars well, you just take the 170. It's a math problem. And that was always what Washington and Oregon were going to do. And the same thing with the Big 12. You start hearing about, well, maybe these schools don't want to go. When your options are play your inventories on Fox and ESPN, and you're getting a guaranteed roughly $32 million a year, or you can stay behind in the Pac-12, what's left of it, and get a fraction of the money, and most of your games are on Apple TV, Nobody can stumble into you on a bar. You text a recruit and say, hey, you're going to hey, make sure to watch our game tonight. Oh, yeah. Coach, what channel are you on? Apple TV, Pac-12 subscription. I don't have that, coach. I guess I'll watch something else. You, it, it, it's not even really a decision. Somebody, a smart person told me one time, anytime you got to make big decisions, you'll stress about it throughout the process. But by the time it's, you got to make the decision, it'll be clear what you need to do. And in my life, that has mostly been true. Same thing here. By the time they had to make a decision, it was so clear what Washington and Oregon needed to do. It was so clear what Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah needed to do. These were not hard decisions for any of them um, other than for like traditional reasons and heartstrings and all that stuff. But when it came time to make a decision, they all had very obvious decisions to make, and they all made them accordingly. Regardless of what the reporting was on Friday morning, by Friday night, this ended the way it was always going to well, end. It was driven by money. This is Brett McMurphy, Friday, August 4th, 2023 at 9.45 a.m. At last minute, Pac-12 may stay together and sign Grant of Rights. Again, this comes after everyone presumed this was not on the table whatsoever. Okay. He continues, after Monday's media rights offer, Pac-12 held multiple Zoom meetings this week. Arizona's Bobby Robbins, that's the president of the school, appeared fully committed to Pac-12 so much that one participant said, quote, if Arizona leaves, he should win an Oscar. What? Come on. If nothing speaks more, nothing speaks more to the just public plays through reporters and the, the natural no honor amongst thieves tropes and themes throughout high major college athletics than that. That is unbelievable. And yet so entirely believable. It's all driven by money. But on that note, actually, I got another thought on this, but I'm looking right now. We're 29 minutes in this. And nada, I think we need to hear from our partner. So I got more thoughts. We're going to hit you right after Rake. But first. All right. Real quick, because I Chip asked a question and then I started talking about it. We got a little sidetracked. I'm getting, I'm going to address it here, but go ahead. Yeah. yeah the, 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 will we eventually get to yes. uh, uh, these big schools in these big conferences only play each other in play turn? The point I was going to make 
and I've made this point for years. I don't know when we'll get there, and I don't care what anybody says about, we'll never do this. Oh, we would never. You, you, you rob uh, the, the tournament of what makes it special if you leave out the so-called little guys. Like, if you don't have a fairly Dickinson, you can't have a NCAA tournament. That's all nonsense. Eventually, I genuinely, it might not be in the next 10 years or even 20, but eventually we will get to a point where the Greg Sankeys and the commissioners of the whatever they are, the biggest leagues in the country, it, it might just be the big, it could just be the Big Ten and the SEC. It, it might be the Big Ten, SEC, and Big 12. It, it might be the ACC as well, but eventually, Every decision that has ever been made in college athletics in my adult life has been motivated by money. Every single one of them. Eventually, somebody is going to tell these people who are in control, you can make a lot more money if you leave the other conferences out of it. You you can take this big pie of money and chop it up a million different ways and make sure that the Southern Conference gets some of it. Or you can cut everybody out, have nothing but big brand on big brand, a nice big tournament. ESPN, what do you you pay for that? CBS, what do you pay for that? Turner, what do you pay for that? We'll get there eventually. Yeah, they're going to say this is a billion dollars and it's being divided like this. We're the ones that are driving the interest. If you take us out of it, it's not worth anything. So if we go create something else, I mean, it's it's Florida State's argument with the ACC. Florida State is taking an interesting tact with that, but Florida State is saying we are one of the reasons why – 30 some odd million dollars is getting paid out to every single school and we're sharing it annually. If we are one of the reasons why this whole deal got negotiated at this price, which by the way, that initial deal was signed in 2013. That's a Florida state national championship year and amended in 2016. I understand that it is very funny to point out how mediocre Florida state has been over the last several years with how boisterous they've been, but they are not wrong in saying that when the deal was signed, a big part of that was because Florida State was rocking and rolling, competing for national championships, and ESPN was interested in having them as a part of the package and assigning the value to that. The power conferences, they say, we're, we're going to go and have our own tournament, and we think people are still going to be demanding it, and we think we can make all that money. We don't have to share it with the NCAA and the small conferences. It's, it would be sad. Like I, I would be sad as a be college basketball fan. Um, but, and. Uh, I'm, that's what I was thinking about. Could we get there one day eventually? Yes, I'm not going to say never. Uh, will it happen in our lifetimes? I'm actually skeptical of that because to get to that point, those schools, and I'm not saying they can't or won't, but it would it would truly be the most fracturing thing ever in college sports because you would have to disassociate from the NCAA, start your own NCAA, and everything that comes with that. And there is... Uh, 400,000 things that come with that. You got to, you got to completely remove yourself from being a part of the NCAA. I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's true. I, I think it, it absolutely is true. Why can't you just say we're going to run our own basketball tournament yes. the same way we run our own football tournament? Yes. They would have to leave the NCAA to do that. Yes. And there would be many, many legal hurdles to clear and the financials would be humongous. Yes. They would have to do all of that. To Why didn't college do football have to leave the NCAA to start a tournament? Because yeah, the NCAA football. doesn't, because the NCAA has never run the college football tournament. That was the contract will expire at some point. Yes. Con- and you can just then say, we're not agreeing to a new contract. We're, we're going to do our own thing. I mean, listen, all of this is more complicated than you can make it out on podcast. I'm just yeah. saying there is a path to the biggest conferences in the country deciding to make their own um, 
basketball tournament someday. That that no, can happen. When all this is happening and I'm at media days and granted I'm I'm with some like, you know, knuckle dragging football writers, but like that that is a part of this. It's like Brett Yormark thinks that basketball is an undervalued product and that there could be more money made on college basketball, especially if you've got the premier basketball yes. uh, conference. And clearly the things like Rucker Park, Mexico City, like there's a lot that's going on that you can point to immediately. But and I don't even know if Brett Yormark's going to be the Big 12 commissioner for 20 years. But if you look 20 years down the line, then you cannot the Big Ten and the SEC, based on the moves that the Big 12 has made, the Big Ten and the SEC cannot start their own basketball tournament and leave out the Big 12. It will not be the best basketball tournament in the its national champion will not include some of the biggest basketball programs. It's why the ACC survival really needs to hold on to North Carolina and Duke. Like that might the basketball aspect of this might be how the ACC gets through, but if North Carolina leaves, if you know Duke ends up going somewhere else and that starts to fall apart, then all of a sudden it gets really, really hairy. But the basketball of it all, as I'm here on the Ion College Basketball Podcast, has been something that's sort of been you know lingering in the back of my mind over the last week or so. I, I guess I'd, I'd bottom line it this way, and then I do have a question for both of you. Um, I haven't even said what I was going to say coming out of the break yet. Go ahead. Um. It, if they decide to leave all the money on the table that would be available to them by cutting out the so-called little guys in a tournament, if they just decline to do that in the spirit of it would be bad. They don't, they don't, the people who make these decisions, they, they don't seem to care about the things that we care about. Like, um, Oh, that would be terrible for the sport. Yeah. But it'd make more money. Does anybody really think UCLA and USC not being the big programs on a West Coast uh, located, uh, a West Coast centric conference. Like, does anybody think this is good for the sport? No, no but it's good. But, it, but it's money. It's good for money. It's good for business. So you do it <laughs> again. Uh, it, it, it every decision that for people, the, the fans that are the most invested in this, right? They get the short end of it. Yeah, they don't. So when you say things like, and I don't mean you, but anybody says things like, yeah, but the the NCAA tournament would never be the same without the little guys. Well, a lot of stuff these people do leads to things never being the same, and it doesn't stop them. The, the, they are largely solely focused on what makes the most money, and if they continue to stay solely focused on that, that is how you someday get a big basketball tournament that doesn't involve the little guys because there's probably more money to be made without them. And it's someday how maybe you get an SEC that doesn't have Vanderbilt and you get a Big Ten that doesn't have Northwestern. Uh, this theory all the way out to the end of it then, okay? It's, it's not just going to be a basketball tournament. If that's what's going to happen, eventually some of these schools that have been longstanding members, look, look what's happening out in Pullman and out in Beaverton. That's ex- so, yes, a, a cynical way, but not an inaccurate way of, of looking at it down the way. In fact, on that note, I spoke with someone uh, heavily tied into the industry on Friday and this was something that I that I think has a real possibility here. So right now, all this stuff is being done. And we will, by the way, we're a college basketball podcast with both of you. I do want to talk about the actual basketball stuff with these leagues. So I want to get I want to get that done before we get out of this episode. But um, there's something called a slingshot effect. And basically, right now, these moves are being made with the idea that for the foreseeable future, with linear television, the most money that can possibly be made is ideally going to be made in the, in the next X number of years, um, you know, the next four, five, six, seven, eight years, right? But no one really knows what the 
market is going to look like, how television consumption is going to exist across the board. Because right now, sports is a bit different and the NFL is on its own tier altogether where it can command a very big number and these things drive ad rates and et cetera, et cetera, on down the line. But if that money begins to short, dries up a little bit, and these schools suddenly, you look up in 2031 and you're not, you're not poised to make as much as you once did. Your, your travel costs are not going to go down. You're, you've, already, you've already ditched the things that made these conferences and these rivalries and, and cultivated your fan bases and, and built up college football and college basketball to a lesser degree. That stuff will have been worn away. And the money that you're actually bringing in, no one knows for sure how much money you're going to be able to make as a school starting in 2030, 2032. These are the, the decisions, the, the, the conversations, I should say, that are happening uh, behind the scenes. It's why, for example, with the Pac-12 right now, those four schools, they have to decide if they want to try and keep the Pac-12 name, keep the basketball units with the NCAA tournament. They owe apparently like $50 million to Comcast right now. They don't have a TV deal. Or do those schools, in an effort to save themselves, align and go to the Mountain West, they'll have less revenue. They wouldn't have as wide of a reach. But those that conference, the Mountain West, guess what? It's got a linear TV deal with Fox, with CBS right now. So I think there's a real chance that we look up in a decade and we see all these, you know, these bloated coaching salaries, just this ridiculous facilities race, which is why we're really when we get down to it, it's why we're in the position we are right now, because schools kept spending to spend to spend to spend in this never ending race. They're racking up all these bills. They need to validate this, the expenditure. So they need to get as much money as possible. And so they're going to different leagues. That is why this is happening. It has led to just massive amounts of debt. And I don't think that this can continue at this rate, because guess what? Cable goes down by the year. Right now, 63% of people that subscribe to cable in the United States are 68 years or older. 63% of people that have a cable subscription, 68 or older. That number is going to continue to drop. No one knows where we're going with streaming, what the economics are going to be there. And so, again, I, I do wonder if we look up in the early 2030s and we don't see another bout of major realignment because the economics simply don't work and we and we almost see a ripple back to what we have here. I mean, this is why the WAC got to a point where it was, it was way too big. It had to break apart, right? Um, it's a fascinating, fascinating thing to... Because a lot of this is just guesswork, guys. Well, yeah, like, Big Ten... No, and- no one knows what the what the consumption environment is. People are still going to love the NCAA tournament. They're still going to love SEC football in eight years and 10 years. They're going to want to watch it. I get that. It's the, it's the idea of how many eyeballs are actually going to be able to tune in live and how does the streaming model grow, evolve, and adapt because the number of people that are paying to have ESPN on their cable packages, the number of people that are paying cable companies to have those boxes in their home is reducing drastically, 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 and that is going to continue to trend down. And eventually there will be an inflection point. Some people think it's going to happen in the next four or five years. The more optimistic people think that maybe this can hold on for eight or nine years, but this is going to have major impacts on the college sports industry into the early 2030s. The Big Ten's up in 2030, SEC in 2032, and as we all know, the ACC locked in until 2036. But when the Big Ten goes back to market in 2030, we'll see. Like that'll be a that'll for be sure. the barometer for what happens moving forward. So, Chip, what do you think happens with Cal uh, with Cal, Oregon State, Stanford, and Washington State? I think well, first of all, it's something that um, you mentioned at the very top is like that's a thirty million dollar budget that's getting cut to seven. Right. You know, good golly. That's- and, oh, and on on that note, Chip. By the way, they're gonna have to if that's gonna happen. 
someone told me they're going to probably have to cut sports at the schools because you simply can't like it, it reaches a, a, a critical mass. And I'm not assigning and, blame. And, 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 that you can do that in that state is actually almost uh, someone described it to me as, quote, almost impossible to do. So there are like some major, major, major issues coming to those schools in particular. And I, 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 I guess story. so. Like, I, listen, I, I, I understand. Like the, the, the yesterday, for all intents and purposes, those four remaining Pac-12 schools like had their budget slashed in like dramatically, right? They're going to have to live a di- like. I, I, but I don't Stanford's know. got pockets. Like if Stanford, yeah, of course, they, yeah, yeah, Stanford has Cal been in the red forever. Yes, yes. Here, here's my thing. I, I, it's very easy in times like these to say, "Look what they've done to us." Now we're going to have to cut our track and field, whatever. Uh, right now at San Jose State, they have women's soccer. You know, they have non-revenue sports. My point is, just because your budget isn't what it once was, doesn't mean you have to just start cutting sports. There's a lot of places. Schools with budgets like the budget Washington State will have going forward somehow operate in all these sports all around the country. If they want to figure that out, they can figure that out. And I suspect in most cases they will. Yeah, it's it's just gonna be tough. I mean, in like Washington, Washington State, there was a story earlier this year that they had mismanaged their travel budget. Oops, right. bad time, mm-hmm. really bad time for that. I I suspect that if Stanford wants to go independent, it's the only one that could do so. I think Stanford could, as a national brand, could could probably be able to fill out a schedule. I think that would be much more difficult for Cal. Um, I think that Washington State and Oregon State are great fits for the Mountain West. And while they would be dealing with an incredibly different financial reality, they would also step into those leagues and from the football perspective, definitely uh, really bolster uh, a top tier that's been a little bit weak in the last couple of years. Well, how about this? In the spirit of what we were talking about earlier, five years from now, take the money, set it aside. Five years from now, whose fans are having more fun? Washington fans or Washington State fans? If, okay, so we let's are we operating under the idea that Washington State is in a Mountain West ish, a Mountain West ish league? State. They're yeah. gonna win more. So definitely Washington State. I mean, Washington State Boise State games every single year is awesome. Like those are those yeah. are gonna be like really fun West Coast games. The Mountain West. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. When you hear those trumpets at ten thirty p.m. Eastern time, that. That is not the SEC music. That is the CBS music. And real ones know when you're tucking yourself into bed with Colorado State and Nevada on a Saturday night on the CBS Sports Network, those games are going to get pretty, pretty fun if you start to add. You know, it's all about the 1245 Mountain West comp- competition going oh, yeah, down. He's no on hoops. I, I know. Yeah. I know I'm, I'm there rocking with him, too. Don't don't you worry. Come on. You know about Hunter Maldonado. You, 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 buddy, you have no idea how many times I stayed up till two in the morning in, in makeup watching Rodney Terry coach Fresno State. <laughs> hey, listen, but like you said, you get any of those like top four teams playing against each other, the atmosphere is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, the competition's good. And like the music, you know, when you're watching that late night Mountain West, you get the <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, your, nice. Uh, um, you're in the heart of the ACC. I think that's where most of the big questions now lie. Mm. Like it seems like the Big Ten and Nor- like Norlander said, none of this stuff is ever settled. We'll 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 do this again in a year, probably, uh, maybe. But um, but the Big Ten, like it looks like it's kind of where it is right now. Like we know what that's going to look like at least for the time being. SEC, I think same. Uh, big like what's what happened yesterday is seems like the end. 
for now. Mm-hmm. But Florida State very publicly wants out of the ACC. Um, there's some thought that Clemson and North Carolina and Virginia could also be theoretical SEC candidates if they could get out of their ACC deal. The grant of rights is uh, something that people have been looking at for years, and to date nobody's challenged it. But most seem to think someday somebody's going to challenge it and try to get out of it. What what is the the, the status of the ACC right now, and what concerns should institutions, fans of institutions in that league, um, have in this moment? Yeah, getting out of the ACC right now is going to cost hundreds of millions of dollars, and there is not a, a legal challenge that is going to get you out of some financial responsibility. It is the idea that, um, hey, we're going to leave uh, the $120 million exit fee. We're going to pay that, but we disagree with how much the actual grant of rights is worth. The ACC sues back, sue, 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 and then it's going to come to a settlement. And that is the number that no athletic directors in the ACC or even legal teams can put their finger on because we're not going to know until it is actually challenged. I think that's why you see the story about Florida State partnering with J.P. Morgan Chase and starting to look at private equity because their thinking could be, you know, if we get this investment to be able to get out of the ACC, the money that we are going to make over uh, time in a new conference with a better media rights payout is going to be, allow us to pay it back and we're going to be in a better situation. Florida State very much is looking into ways to get out. Interesting comments from Bubba Cunningham this week, which was, oh, if you're going to do it, do it. And you know why the position of a lot of ACC schools is, all right, fine, just go. Because... Let's just say, all right, so I've uh, guessed that it's about $500 million if you were to like really like play it all the way out. And let's just say it gets negotiated down to $350 million. And Florida State, thanks to its private equity investments, is going to pay $350 million oh to get God. out of the ACC. <laughs> That's about $27 million per school. Right. So an existing ACC school is like, sure, like go for it. We would love to get a nice little $27 million check. Will Florida State fix the ACC's money problems and trying to get out? Well, let me, <laughs> let me ask let me, hilarious let, let, let me ask you this. I am not a lawyer. Um, I'm a doctor. No, you're I'm not a lawyer. Yes, right. I am a well doctor. established on this show. Yes. And, a an, and an expert in extortion. I'm an expert in extortion and I'm a doctor. No, but actually, I'm not this, a lawyer. Might, this might apply. Yeah, continue. Because <laughs> um, I hear this a lot. Like, it, you know, it'll result in a settlement, it'll be a negotiation, it'll result in a settlement. What motivation is there for the ACC to settle? Why, why wouldn't you just say, we're not settling it? The, the document's the document. Sue us, I dare you. I think because the document is so, I mean, like just the uncertainty of college sports. Mm. Just the idea that it's like 12 years down the line. I mean, who knows if we're even playing football right. in 2036. Right. Like it, I think that the I don't absolute, know if you've seen Oppenheimer, but it could be over for us by 2036. <laughs> well, I, I and look a lot on a lot of different levels. It is the we really uncertain- need to go end of days. I, I know. I, exactly. it, it what is, is the, life? What is the point? Is uncertainty of, you know, I mean, uh, you win the lottery. Like, are you taking lump sum or annuity? You know, like it's it, it is the I'm lump taking annuity. Lump sum. annuity. No, no annuity. Lump, lump sum. No. Lump sum. No, the, the, lump the, sum. The, the statistics overwhelmingly show if you take the lump sum, you're much more likely to end up broke. You're not going to end up broke if you get a billion dollars. The people, this is, it drives me crazy with a lot. People are like, yeah, you win the lottery and uh, you go broke. No, you don't. No, you, you don't. take lump sum and you invest. That's right. You do that investment yourself. We're not counting the lottery system. No. no, dead leg. You take the lump sum and you don't be an idiot. 
Yeah. Like the, the, the not lottery a, winners who go broke, YouTube. you know who they lump are? Lump sum or annuity. I'm genuinely curious. The, it's lump sum. It's not even close. The the, the lottery winners who go oh, broke, they, they are they are the ones who win a million dollars. And then they think, oh, my God, I'm rich forever. And you go, okay, you want a million dollars. Lump sum, 600000 Let's buy a new house. Let's get cars. Now you're broke. That, that, that's, those are the people that go broke. The people who yeah. win the billion dollar mega millions, they're not going broke. I agree. So I agree. It's the uncertainty, GP. Like, I, I think ultimately that's why if you're the ACC, you don't want to sit around and just wait for payouts every single year. You want to get that money and you want to be done with it. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay. Let's, uh, let's talk the basketball end of this. Oh, here. North Carolina and Virginia. They are oh, only, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. North Carolina and Virginia are not in a position of, like, they are not in the Florida State spot. I think that they know that they're hot. You know, and they know that whether it's the Big Ten or the SEC, the interest of getting into populous states that are not currently a part of the footprint for North Carolina, massive national brand. I, I think they know they look good yeah. and they are enjoying that position of power and not having to go out there. Like, we think about this from a football perspective all the time. Is, is, is this true, in your opinion, the most attractive candidate in the ACC for an upgrade in conference affiliation, it would not be Florida State. It would not be Clemson. It would be North Carolina. Be I think so. Mr. Patterson's yeah. alma mater. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's Carolina. North Carolina fits in the SEC or the Big Ten. I'm not sure Florida State fits in both. Oh, listen, Big Ten cannot talk academics to us ever again. <laughs> yeah. They take Florida State. They take, if they take the University of Danny Cannell, they cannot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't think Florida State's a fit. In, like, Florida State might be the, the one out there going like, we need out of here. And then they get out of here and everybody's like, where are you going, buddy? Well, that's, I mean, and like I was texting <laughs> with our, awesome. our friend Joe Ovius about this. And he was like, I mean, is, he's bluffing, right? Like the, they're sitting there and they're causing all this stink and they're banging on the table and they're trying to get it all together. But they're probably also sending smoke signals like, please, like we can get out, please. And I do think that the Big Ten, which clearly already is not caring about tradition, if you just moved so quickly to take on Oregon and Washington and like that's yesterday uh, on CBS Sports HQ. Is this the end of the Pac-12 as you know it? Yes, it's the end of the Pac-12 as you know it. But you know, it's also the end of the Big Ten. And you know what? The Big 12 ain't the Big 12 anymore. Of like, course. Yeah. These are just, like Texas and Oklahoma joined the SEC, and that's even a stretch. But these are zombie conferences. Like these are, uh, th these are not anything in the rich history and tradition. So if the Big Ten's already willing to, you know, throw tradition out the window and move so quickly, adding Florida State is a massive brand. It gets you into Florida. Like you I think that Florida State would be a bigger draw than Miami. Florida State, not an academic fit. Miami, an academic fit. But North Carolina, Virginia, Miami, Florida State, Clemson, those five schools are the ones that whether you're the SEC or the Big Ten, then you're probably looking at. And then there's the ESPN and Fox of it all, right? Because those are the two like big ones. Like if when um, the Big Ten, you know, partner now for CBS – but like when the Big Ten's doing its television negotiations, they just got a Fox guy just sitting there at the table listening in. You know, mm -hmm. there's they are being very much run. SEC is now all in with ESPN. Is ESPN interested in killing the ACC or does it benefit ESPN, which is a 50 percent partner in the ACC network and interested in filling all of its inventory with its best brands? Like, Do they want to have the ACC? Because if Florida State goes to the Big Ten, our state's off of ESPN. If North Carolina goes to the mm -hmm. Big Ten, North Carolina is off mm -hmm. of ESPN. 
So the ESPN and Fox of it all has been very interesting in terms of, you know, trying to figure out you know, where some of those ACC schools could go uh, if the league does begin to fracture. My, my guess is eventually, and by eventually, I mean exactly what eventually means at some point, but I don't know when um, the best ACC candidates will be in another league and the ACC will be like a combination of, you know, Boston College, Georgia Tech, Louisville, NC State. Pitt, Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Wake Forest, and um, hopefully they come get my alma mater, University of Memphis. We have what looks like kind of well, they had an expansion the Metro conference. Yeah, they they had yeah, an expansion meeting last night, and like the ACC even looked into adding some of these Pac-12 leftovers. Like yeah, the ACC, that's the other element to this. Yes, like, there was even that over the past it, like forty-eight hours. Is yeah. the ACC just trying to preemptively backfill? So but that, we, how about Miami and Washington State in the same league? Would that be the would that be the geographic? Would that That's be the a picture of dysfunction that is greater college athletics? UConn and Memphis, UConn and Memphis would be there, and then also like, do you just throw a line to West Virginia? Like, yo, you want out? Are you are you do you not want to go to Arizona? Do you want to stick closer to the coast? Do do the Pac twelve? I mean, not Pac, right. do the Big Twelve and the ACC? start doing some some swapsies because the the financials are mostly the same in terms of the media rights payouts though the ACC has some escalators once their third tier rights flip over in 2027 it'll get them closer to 40 into the deep yeah this is a contract there listen I would rather be talking about Miami's freshman tackles okay because we're definitely not doing that on this podcast, but okay. So uh, Maui Goa is going to be a monster out there. I'm telling you a few hoops notes, and then we can wrap up here. It is a Saturday morning. We need to tend to our families um, on the, on the ACC note um, and UConn and the big 12 and all this, uh, you know, big 12 is now 16 teams. The big 10 is 18. This is not a conference. It's, it's 18 teams is outrageous. It's ridiculous. But regardless, will the big 12 try and go from 16 to 18? And if it does, Gonzaga and UConn are those the, are those the two additions? Also, ACC trying to talk to UConn. What does UConn want? We'll see. But UConn's role from a basketball standpoint in this is is very intriguing because it is sitting quite pretty right now in the Big East. The Big East for the moment is sitting quietly and hoping that you know it's it's flagship program. If you want to put Villanova there, put two of them. That's fine. But right there, don't don't leave us. UConn will have options. We'll see if that can be the case. We'll see if Yormark is satisfied with 16 or if he really wants to say, no, no, no. I see the future with basketball, the growth potential there. I want to go true coast to coast. I want to match the Big Ten. I want to have a school in Washington State. I want to have a school in the Northeast, dominate the middle of the country. I'll have schools in every single time zone. I'll have schools in every corner of the country. I've got UCF down in the far right corner of Florida. I've got the Arizona schools. We'll see if that's the case. I know UConn fans are are kind of split on that. Um, and whether there's a, there's a route out for UConn is certainly something to consider. For the schools that we already know are where, let's at least get into this real quick here because I can and will lament the fact that we have lost the conference with more NCAA championships tonight. Like the Pac-12 was supremely... <laughs> come on, man. Uh, such an incredibly rich history. That's going by the wayside and we're going to lose that. But yes, I can also admit that because of this even though a 16-team conference is out of hand and 18 is ludicrous, we will be given plenty of really good matchups in basketball. So I'm going to run down this roster real quick as a refresher. This is going to be your Big 12 in a year, alphabetically. Arizona State, Arizona, 
That's a top 10 to 15 all-time program. Baylor, a top five program in the past half decade. Uh, BYU, no shortage of, of good hoops history there. UCF, Cincinnati, historically one of the 15 to 20 best programs in history. Colorado, Houston, one of the five best programs in the past half decade. Iowa State, among the best fan bases in this conference, and obviously um, a very prideful faction there. Kansas, you know, top three all time. K-State, now currently rolling under Jerome Tang. Oklahoma State, good history there. TCU has been very improved under Jamie Dixon. Texas Tech, people think Texas Tech in hoops stands to be a player now that's got McCaslin there and they have more resources. And uh, I think Texas Tech is better positioned to be good in the years to come than people might think. Utah, historically a top 20 program in men's college basketball. And then West Virginia has no shortage of history as well. I mean, that from a basketball standpoint, GP, uh, it's absurd. It should maintain it. It should, I think, maintain its status as the number one basketball league in the country. But the bigger you get now, when everyone's big, I guess, what the hell does it matter? The bigger you get, the more likely you already have three, four teams kind of weighing you down at the bottom. So that will happen. Uh, and again, to speak to the point before, like someone's got to finish six in this league. You can be really good and finish six, but six is still six. Um, your thoughts, Parrish, on the, on the basketball product and what what awaits ahead. If uh, just, just under the presumption that we top out here at 16 with the Big 12, and they don't uh, try and loop in either Gonzaga or UConn. Yeah, it looks like it'll be the best basketball, men's basketball league in the country. Um, yeah, I, I, I really don't think it matters I, I, much on the basketball side. Like, we, we're just going to yeah, – when somebody does a, a Big 12 preview, it'll be longer than it has ever been. But I don't I don't think it changes – like, we're, I, it's I don't – It's exhausting, by the way. I was really liking those 10-team Big 12 previews. Oh, man. <laughs> I like it. I like a good 10 team. That's a, you know what? That's a great point. Oh my gosh. This is even worse. Uh, yeah, that's, that's rough. Although I will say this and I want both of your We're going to be double byline and <laughs> preview. No, we will be. That's a co byline for the first time. This is uh, Yeah. I, I do wonder, I'm not going to assume this is going to be the case. I'm not naive to this, but I do wonder with a 16 team, big 10 or big 12, an 18 team, big 10, 16 team sec. I can't help but wonder if we look up in three, four years or two, three years and the team that is finishing 11th in this conference, 12th in this conference, right? That might have decent, a, a decent net ranking. Um, it sits decently in Pomeroy. And by that, I'll say the 11th ranked team in the big 12 is sitting there at 34 in Ken Palm. Like it's not great, but certainly not terrible. But from a win loss perspective, like they're just, they're just piling up and piling up and, and, and the quad one games are so overwhelming by volume. I, I do wonder if, we might, it might only be one, maybe two, if we might not have one or two schools from outside the power conferences that are sitting there with a pretty gaudy record that might just have the case to, to sneak in. If there might not be a little bit of fatigue on, we're really going to put in 12 Big Ten teams? Like, instead of 11? And, and, and you match up the 11th best Big Ten resume against a, a mid-major that just went... 28 and five. I just wonder if that might, people think it's going to go the other way. I'm not, I'm not closing the door on the, on the potential that it actually might narrowly, uh, uh, you know, be a, be a help, a, a little bit of a lift to the occasional mid-major team. Am I, am I off my rocker, Chip Patterson? Like uh, in terms of getting into the, into the tournament, because forever it has been, why do we want the ninth place team in the ACC when we've got this really good at large candidate that lost in his conference championship game from, you know, uh, Call it uh, well, like so. You're USA saying or whatever. The, yeah. Well, yeah, I was gonna say the other CUSA teams that did not get in. 
this year. Correct. Yeah. yeah like, like that. One I of them would, if that doesn't help. If, if the glut of power conference teams, mm, I think it's possible. I, 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 I would say, um, off your rocker. Okay. Um, like fans say, when you say people say, fans say, why do we want the 10th place team from the Big Ten when we could have this conference champion that lost in its title game? But you know who doesn't say that? The selection committee. Ever. Yeah, but the selection committee will have never been presented with this much glut. That's why I wonder if it might. It will be. Here's what. Here's what. Like, who knows? We'll see. Yeah. I would, like I, 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 this would be my guess. Season. It will yeah. be harder than ever for people outside of the power structure to get into the NCAA tournament. And you know why it's going to be harder than ever on this? I'll, I'll reject some of my own argument here is like Big Ten going to 18. I, I think there will be real conversations about increasing the league load from 20 to 22 mm-hmm. or 24, which I think is disastrous. I, I think that's terrible. Yeah, it'll and, be it'll, it, like you, you just yeah. play this out. It'll be harder than ever yes. for the so-called mid-majors to schedule the schedule period, to schedule yes. high and major games stack a stack. and yeah, then the so we sitting there on selection Sunday and you know what Correct. everybody's going to say? You didn't play nobody. I know, and it, it, that's where it, we're going. Uh, consolidation. Yeah. Just consolidate the whole industry. By the way, can uh, can we get our, our buddy Matt Brodsky's um, comment on here? It looks like well, he got starred. It Matt did. Br- oh, I did. He was in the chat. Matt Brodsky of uh, of CBS Sports Digital. As a UCF grad, it is an absolute honor and privilege to get annually browbeaten by Big 12 hoops every season. We'll see you at the bottom of Utah. What a time to be alive. Well, that's the thing. Like, UCF is you, celebrating. Buzz. Like, and I get it because, like, you, you can't stay in the American and, and reject the Big 12 invitation. That's not, that's crazy. All right. right. So you, you do it and you celebrate it. But. <laughs> You'll have to celebrate that previous national championship forever because you'll never get that again. Take the checks, take the losses. Yeah. It's just a different different world out there. Like UCF was one of the better programs in the AAC. Oh, and yeah. Now they'll, they'll Won a their, national title, did it not? And and then um, they'll get their brains beat in uh, in the Big 12 consistently until they hire Dusty May. That happened, right? UC, <laughs> UCF claimed a national title. That, that yes. happened. Oh, I'm yes. not imagining that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that. That's like a throwback to 1927. Our schools yeah. are just claiming UCF's going to have some amazing facilities and and like a and like more deputy athletic directors than you've ever seen. <laughs> but they will lose a lot. That's and that's what's going to happen. Like I, I think that you know, for even though they've got the greatest coach in program history leading that program right now, like I don't think UCLA moving forward is better positioned to be more nationally relevant and consistently successful as a member of the Big Ten. I, I think the Big Ten doesn't win national championships. That's, that's the problem. Also, that's, that, is, that is also true. Uh, and 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 if this is wrong and UCLA wins a title with Mick Cronin in the Big Ten, uh, you might as well retire this podcast because because <laughs> you will never hear the end of it on this show. But I, I think the same is with Washington, with Oregon. I think all these schools. At G, to to kind of circle back to what GP said off the top. Yes, every year there will be schools that float to the top. We'll have teams that populate the top 10, that, that get high seeds, that break through went to the Final Four, win championships. But year-over-year consistency to the level that a lot of these programs have been expecting from the fan base end and from internally as well. With football and men's Division One college basketball, the, the slope has increased. It's just, it's that much steeper of a climb. And it's going to be, and so with that comes more frustration. And you might look up, you know, in five, seven, eight years and you know, you see what Nebraska is now, right? You look across, look at, you know, I'm not going to say it's going to be this drastic, but Boston College has never been more irrelevant. Like it misplayed its hand. Miami is not in a better spot overall than it was 15 years, 20 years ago. It just, it just isn't. So uh, particularly with the West Coast-based schools that have to do this, 
I, I'm not that optimistic that uh, that their outcome, you know, great for bringing in $65 million a year. Again, if that can last beyond the next seven, eight, nine years, we'll even see that with the, when the big 10 goes to market in 2030, we'll even see if that can be sustainable. But from a competitive standpoint, I think it can be a, lo- a loss. And from a fan base standpoint, I also think, um, just a lot a lot is lost with all this stuff and the the idea that we might truly have a, a conference go under under like actual fold like the Pac-12 whatever it will be might not even exist with those those teams all exit it's a it's a terrible thing for college sports but considering how much money has driven this and and I and I'll wrap with this and I know we're more than an hour so we can get out of here guys if you want but I mean it was just chef's kiss on Friday when the Oregon board of trustees were meeting to decide to go to the big 10 and literally the guy that runs that board, he runs it. This is maybe the most consequential meeting in Oregon history. If not again on the short list, what's our guy doing? He's sitting out of the trap on six in between talking points as he's trying to kill off the Pac-12 and go to the Big Ten. That's who we are dealing with when it comes to these humongous decisions of consequence. You've got dudes that can't push off their Sunday 18 heading into a weekend. They got to get out there. And I know damn well Gary Parrish identified heavily with that guy in that moment. Oh, I've taken, I've had to deal with stuff on the golf course. I'm waiting for a podcast from the course. I got to be honest. I've uh, I, I've had to deal with business from the golf course many times. I spent probably three holes one Sunday afternoon on the phone with Yogi Ferrell's dad. <laughs> but you didn't. It wasn't camera on. You were you okay. Were, it reminds me that 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 thing in Orlando's described reminds me. You guys have all seen the George Bush clip where he's on the golf course. Yeah, now now watch me hit this drive or whatever. Yeah, it's like George Bush. He's like looking at the cameras and he's like, uh, and we will and, not stand. <laughs> and the people who did this will pay for this. And he's like, all right, now watch this drive. <laughs> that's what it that's what it looked like to me. Hey, you know, you, you, there are times where, you know, you, you got the round of your life going, but you also got to address some work stuff. We've all been there. Put your laptop in the golf cart and keep it moving. Just, and, uh, you know, it's a private club like he, he could have gotten back on if he needed to. He just he wasn't sacrificing the round was yeah. not in a weird he's in, way. He's in a rhythm. I, I guess I have to respect it. I guess I have to respect it. Chip, you got any last thoughts here before we wrap? Um, I do hope that we are at least calmed and we're not there yet. August 15th is the deadline. More yeah, movement yeah. can happen before August 15th to be able to be in a new conference for the start of 2024. And so um, we'll uh, 10 days and then we can then we then yeah. we can officially like put this behind us until next summer. Yeah, we, we could still we still, we really still could have more and we wait to see if there's any movement um, with Gonzaga. Yes or no. With UConn. Yes or no. What happens with Stanford Cal? The pack four as it stands here. And, I think Big 12 would like to get to 18 for football mm-hmm. and for football. But for, for football. But yeah, doesn't have football and UConn. I mean, it has it, but I, I, I just think he, I think Brett Yormark just looks around and sees number games, you yeah. know. And w- w- would the Big Twelve take Stanford and uh, Cal right now? Stanford's I don't know about right. This the way that I understand yeah. it is like they just weren't far enough down the line in in that process of like identifying which candidates they would want, who's at the front of the line, going through, getting all the university presidents on board. Like the Arizona and the Colorado thing started back in May. Like that it it was easy to be able to push those last pieces into place 
So now I think I think that the Big 12 is going to be open to searching out uh, two more candidates so that they can get to 18 for football. And of course, if one of them is UConn, I would imagine that Gonzaga, you know, rounds this thing out for the perfect, uh, for the perfect basketball conference. Just like there, there was dominance. some, there was some reporting, and Chip, I'll let you clarify this: um, that with, with Fox and ESPN, that if the Big Twelve added quote Power Five schools, the the pieces of pie, for lack of a better phrase, would remain the same. That, Correct. That, that, um, but and I cannot remember who reported this, but I, I read it somewhere. Take it for what it's worth. It there was. Familiar. There was some theory that ESPN and Fox had agreed to that, but had also sort of leaned on the Big 12 like, all right, but don't take advantage. <laughs> like, don't go to 20. Don't go take right. every pack. Like, we don't want all the – if we wanted those schools, we would have paid the Pac-12. Right. We don't want them. Don't take them. There's some, there was some thought in that. And, and if you were at a, a UConn or a Memphis, those don't qualify for That's the right. automatic 31.2. That's right. So they would be able to take a Big Ten approach, I think, and be able to get them in at a, a negotiated deal. Right, right. I don't, I don't know if you've seen Oppenheimer. I uh, have. Have you seen it? Of course, yes. Is that uh, Chip? No. All right, we can't. Yeah. Well, well, I don't want to ruin it, but like, there's a decent chance none of this even matters. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't want to ruin it. Well, at some point, you, the sun will fall here. So spoil the, the history. Um, that, that is reflected through Christopher Nolan's eyes in Oppenheimer. I mean, did he put a he, twist on it? He's, did, did he I take mean, any liberties with uh, the documents of American history? I mean, I don't want to ruin it. He's kind of he's, he's stretching it out a little bit there, but yeah. I don't want to ruin it. I'm just saying there's a there's a chance none of this matters. <laughs> you know? And look, I'd say for all this stuff, like this bad for college sports, this out of the other, like if, if good matchups are on, like, Fans are consuming college sports. That, correct. That's, and that's we are talking about it. And like, you know, yes. the games are still getting consumed. Yes. But and they are and and the leaders of college sports are banking on that when the linear model deteriorates further and it is more streaming reliant because that is the expect, expectation for everyone in the business that what Chip just mentioned continues at such such a grand level that what has been built here won't collapse under its own foundation. And I think there's a decent chance that it might. We'll see. Hey, you seen Oppenheimer? I mean, I don't know if you remember that last scene in Oppenheimer. <laughs> but, but, buddy, we could have just wasted 72 minutes we talking about well, something that ain't going to matter at all. I have been wasting time on this podcast for years at this point, let's be honest. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Huck Larnell. Shouts to Chip Patterson. I didn't know you were going to be here on a Saturday. I, I had the surprise, yeah. I appreciate also, I knew your if I told you he was coming on, you would have been like, all right, I got a thing about this. And it's much easier just to spring it on you. So, Oh, Deadleg likes to spring stuff on me. Like right. he's... Like he's like Oppenheimer like the, dropping the bomb. Like he's the Oregon president. Just springing things That's on me. Jay Robert, by the way. Or maybe not, actually. Should we be shouting him? I don't know about that. I don't know if you've seen Barbie yet. No, I have not. I have not. Have you seen Barbie? No. Isn't that existential too? Like, you guys ever think about death? <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that new Ninja Turtles movie, but... My, my seven-year-old is just... Uh, he's on me constantly. Dad, there's a, there's Dad a decent, when, when can we see it? There's a decent chance none of this stuff's going to matter the way we think it <laughs> Can we get Master Splinter's thoughts on Washington and the Big Ten? If you're not subscribed... To the Iron College Basketball Podcast, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. Rate it, review it. More of us 
than there are of them. Chip Patterson's an us. Mm, yeah, big us. <laughs> <laughs> Enthusiastically an us. We'll talk to you again some point, sometime. Yeah. Till then, take care. Bye bye.